Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be back here this morning. Uh, I got a call this morning at uh, about eight, uh, say eight, eight o'clock, eight o'clock. And uh, it was Pastor Phyllis, and she said, well, Randy, we're so sorry, but Pastor can't come again this week. And I said, well, I said, that's okay. I said, at least it was later call today. The last week it was 6.30. This, this, today was 8. I said, next week he's going to be here. You know, hallelujah. And I told him Friday, I said, you know, Pastor, I said, uh, if you're a little weak and stuff from everything you're going through, I said, we'll put a chair up here on the stage for you. I said, R.W. Shambach preached a house down in a chair when he was here. So we'll put a chair up here for you. And, and I said, if you only want to teach like 15 minutes, I said, you know what, we'll just, you know, bam, we'll hit it off. I'll use this, I'll do something, we'll be okay. He said, okay. So when uh, Pastor Phyllis called me this morning and said, he just, he's just weak, and then with that, they put that stent in his side because his kidneys was holding some fluid to let it drain. He's just in some pain, and he just, he just can't do it. I said, that's okay, next week is good. And then he yelled from the back, he said, I wasn't going to call you in case I needed you anyway. And I was like, when he cast, I know, Pastor, I wouldn't expect any different from you. So, you know, so, but praise the Lord. Next week, I will not be here. I'll be in Cary, Ohio, preaching with um, Pastor Joe Turner. Saturday, we're going to do a kids' crusade in a park, and uh, we're going to invite kids out, and uh, we're going to hopefully get kids saved and, man, and fill with the Holy Ghost and lead them to the Lord. And then we're going to have a, another a kids' event at night at the church, and then Sunday morning, I'll be ministering to their congregation. So just, you know, keep me up in prayer with that. Just pray that, man, kids from all over that city, Cary, Ohio, will come to that park and see what we're doing and, and be interested, and then we'll be going to lead them to the Lord. Amen? Amen? Kids is where it's at. Kids is where it's at. They're not the tomorrow generation. They are the today generation. And uh, I think we've said it before. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can't get him through abortion, he's trying to get him through transgenderism. He's working any way he can to keep our kids bound, held up, and not knowing him. So we'll do anything we can to do what we can to lead them to the Lord and defeat Satan. Amen? Amen. Amen. Steve and Sharon, good to see you guys. So you forsook us and moved north, but you're back today. Thank you for visiting today. Amen. <laughs> it's good to see you. Praise God. All right, well, last week, if you weren't here, we, uh, we started a, a series called The Invisible Battle. The Invisible Battle, and uh, it's all obviously dealing with our thought life, dealing with our thought life. And um, I said last week that our minds are like an airport control tower. An air, I mean, just everything's coming in. It's the central location for everything. Everything's coming in and going out, moving here, moving there. I mean, it doesn't rest. If you ever see an airport and if you've ever been up in a control tower, I never have, just on television, man, I mean, there's, there's tons and tons of people and everything is moving and moving and moving and moving. You can't take a break. And that's kind of what our minds are like. Our minds really just don't even take a break. Even when we're sleeping, really our minds sometimes never take a break. How many of you guys know that? Absolutely. I always say mind. I have a thing in my office that one of uh, my assistants gave me. It's sitting on the back wall. It says, brain, please shut up. Because that's how my brain is. It doesn't stop. It wants to wander, you know. When I want to read the Bible, it wants to ponder and wander and do whatever it wants to do. But we also found out that a person can have up to 70,000 thoughts a day. I'm pretty sure that's more on the female side than the male side. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. 
Maybe not. You know, uh, maybe I'm that way. I could have 70,000 thoughts a day probably. But, you know, and, and I thought of this. And, again, I thought of this. This is so weird. So the next time you see someone just sitting around doing nothing, think twice before you go up them, to them and say, a penny for your thoughts. That could cost you $700 if they decide to open up their mind and tell you what they're thinking about. Up to $700. Bucks. That's, that'd be a pretty expensive conversation. So think twice before you do that. All right. Hallelujah. So we also said that whatever you think about, you will eventually bring about. Whatever you think about, you will eventually bring about. And the way we live is the reflection of what we think about. And you got to really think to understand that statement. Everything you have, everything you do, everywhere you've been, has all started with a simple thought. The person you're sitting by started with a thought. Right? Now, maybe I wasn't thinking about the kids, you know, at a certain time, but you know, when I was with my wife, but, you know, they come along afterwards. Uh-oh, oops. But then you started thinking about them because they're coming, right? I think some of you may have got that. Some of you may not have got that. I always told my kid, you know, well, why did you have me? Brother, I wasn't thinking of you. <laughs> you know, uh, you can say amen if you want to on that. Dads, <laughs> praise the Lord. So the way we live is the reflection of what we think about. If you're always having lustful thoughts and you don't do anything about those thoughts, they will continue to get worse and then you're going to live a life of sin. Because you don't do anything about that thought. Amen? If we let fear control your thoughts then you're going to live in a state of fear. I said last week that if a thought enters your mind, and let's just say it, it's fear, if that thought of fear enters your mind, then you're going to do something about that. You're going to produce a feeling about that thought of fear that entered your mind. You're going to say, uh-oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. And then that thought is going to produce something else. It's going to produce what you then do with that thought of being scared. You're going to then go hide under the bed because you're scared. But don't hide under the bed. Everybody knows that's where they go first. Yeah. Right. Hide somewhere else. And don't hide in the closet either. All right? <laughs> hide somewhere else. All right? Jeez. So, so it produces the behavior. And that's when you're going to go do whatever that thought has put in your head and that feeling and the behavior, it all is combined. And then you're going to live in a state of fear and it will eventually control you and steal your life. That's what happens to these thoughts. And then those thoughts just don't become thoughts anymore. They become strongholds. Now, I'm not going to talk about strongholds today. i got to leave something for Pastor Nicole next week. <laughs> if Pastor doesn't come around. But it will eventually lead to strongholds which is just another whole problem in itself. And you know, the deal with this, a stronghold is only, I'll say it this way, a stronghold is only, is only a lie that you believe. 
Yeah, it's, it's just a, a lie, but you believe it. You believe it long enough because you ain't dealt with the thought that first came in that then gave you that feeling, and then you started going to that behavior. You didn't deal with it. So therefore, it just kept growing, like I said, and growing and growing and growing, and then becomes a stronghold in your life that you can't get rid of. Not knowing that it's simply a lie, but it feels so real. It looks so real, but it's not. I had a dream about this certain person years ago, and the Lord even allowed me to see the end of this person's life if he didn't deal with fear. It was about fear. So I went to this person, and I sat him down, and I said, listen, this is what God showed me. He showed me that if you don't get control of this, it's going to take your life. And I was so sincere with him. And he said, okay, it's been 15, 16 years now. And you know, that person has not done anything Maybe, he, maybe he's tried, maybe he hasn't tried, I don't know. But that has become so strong that it has bound him up and I am seeing everything that my dream showed me with that person. Because he's not dealt with it like he's supposed to. And that was a warning. God gives us dreams for, as warnings, trying to help us. But that fear has turned into a debilitating stronghold that has dominated and enslaved his life. And ultimately, we can't do anything about it. He or she has got to do something about it. And sometimes we take medication, and that's fine. I am all for medication. If that will help you uh, fight the fight of faith, uh, if it will help you, you know, be able to be a, a citizen that can, can do something and move around and, and whatever, and then give you some some peace of mind that you can take scripture and then start, you know, using scripture against whatever is trying to, you know, come against you and give you that strong. I'm all for that. But when you do nothing, it becomes even stronger, even stronger. I remember me and Ed Ingram, we've been to people's houses, you know, and man, we, I mean, buddy, I saw Ed come off his chair once. Come out in Jesus' name. I was like, whoo, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out, brother Ed. It's not, whoo, I'm out. Man, he scared me. I was like, wow, that's what I'm talking about. I've never seen Ed like that before. Man, he just got so angry at the devil. Man, he just stood, bam, he just said, come out, you foul devil. I was like, whoa, that's my, that's Ed Ingram. Wow, that's good. Now I know why Regina married him. Man, that was awesome. It's awesome. You just get fed up with the devil, you know? But ultimately, that person has to continue the fight and do something. Or it will not leave and it will not go away. All right? A stronghold is simply a lie that you believe. Now, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And now that word there means mind and will. Mind and will. You protect your mind by watching the things that you do. You observe and give attention to what you allow to be planted in here. Then it goes in here. So since we're on fear also, it, if you have 
a spirit of fear or you're dealing with fear or thoughts of fear come to your mind, the last thing you should be doing is watching a horror movie or a scary movie. I mean, that's just ludicrous. That's, that's insane. That's like overcoming, uh, overcoming alcoholism and, and getting a job at Jay's Bar and Grill. Okay, great. That's a great thought, bro. Who gave you that thought? You know, I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You have to watch what goes in and comes out. Uh, if, if that control tower isn't watching what they're doing, there's going to be collisions and death. And we have to do the same thing with this right here. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Fear and anxiety. That's a bad thing. And remember what the devil did to Eve. He just said, did God really say? Did God really say? That's all it took. That's all it took. Now, she could have done what she needed to do to get rid of that thought, but she didn't. She didn't. She could have went to her husband. Yo, Adam, this is what the devil told me. Can you believe this? And Adam could have said, you know what? God, that's not God. That's not God. He didn't say that. Here's what God told us to do. Here's what he told us not to do. We're not supposed to go over there. We're not supposed to, I mean, we can look at it, I guess, but I don't know why you'd want to look at it. That just maybe helps with the thought. No, we're not going to even go near there. But it didn't happen. We don't even know what happened. All we know is, is God blamed Adam for that, not Eve. He blamed Adam, so he must have not done his job as a husband. Whoops. Just shrug your wife, shrug your Shrug your husband's wise. See? Yeah. Let's see it. Yeah, hit Jim. Just, yeah. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I think sometimes we are good at controlling our food intake. We might be good at controlling our kit. Never mind. No. Uh, wrong statement. Okay. Okay, not our kid. Maybe sometimes we're good at controlling our kids. Um, we might be good at controlling our finances. Uh, and I know some of us are really good at controlling our thermostats in our houses, you know. But I think a lot of times we don't control the thoughts that come in our minds. We just, we just I don't know if we're just not thinking right or we're just say la, 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 uh, the busyness of life, our schedules, you know, everything our kids are going through, here we go, back to school. Man, life is busy. Oh, I can't, I can't even think straight. This is happening, that's happening, that's happening. And somehow seeds can just come in, dart in. We don't even see them, we don't even know them. And next thing you know, there's a thought that's planted. And we didn't even know how it got there. Because we're not observing. We're not guarding our heart. We're not guarding our mind. We're not watching what comes in and what goes out. I already said in our house, there is no horror movies going in our house. It, it doesn't happen. Ain't not going to happen, no matter what. That's a spiritual thing. You know, it, it might be a little different with a scary movie or something that's just, you know, whatever. But horror movies, absolutely not. No way. I don't want that thought coming in my head and taking root anywhere. Anywhere. I'm guarding my heart because everything flows out of it. Everything flows out of that mind. Every thought comes out of that mind. Are you getting, are you with me today? All right. We never give a thought to controlling our thoughts. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be alert and a sober mind. 
be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Looking for someone to devour. He is simply watching your every single move because he doesn't know your thoughts. The devil has no clue what you're thinking, but he puts a thought there to find out, hmm, is he going to react to that thought? Is she going to do something that is going to let me go to the next level and make the next move? So my only question to you all this morning is this, and I want you to think about this, and that is, what are you going to do in the moment when a thought comes into your mind? Let's say it's a bad thought. I don't care what kind of thought it is. Maybe it's a thought about yourself. Maybe it's a thought about someone else. Maybe it's a thought about a situation. What are you going to do when a thought in the moment, in that moment, a thought comes into your mind? Now it's my turn to take notes from you. Dave Worwell. When a bad thought comes into your mind, what would you do in that moment that it comes? Build a wall. I like it. Let's see here. Ah, Bud Lively. In the moment... When a bad thought enters your mind, what in that moment are you going to do? Rebuke it. Rebuke it. Pull it down. Rebuke it. Pull it down. Okay. Everybody thinks that the only time people get hit with anything is in the front row. That's why they don't sit there. I've been a kid's pastor for way too long. Wait, ah. Mike, Michael, in the moment when a bad thought enters your mind, what are you going to do about it? Pray. Pray. Good answer, good answer. Is it up there? Pray. <laughs> Ding, yes, 200 points. All right, let me go to a female. Here, here. Okay, Tom's amazing wife. In the moment. When a bad thought comes into your mind, what are you going to do about it that moment? Cast it down. Cast it down. Almost like Bud Lively. Pull it down. Cast it down. Take authority over it. And think God's thoughts. Speak God's word. What did you say, Kay? Take every thought captive. To the obedience of Christ. I wish I knew shorthand. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, 4. Yes, I got you on that. Okay, it's enough. I'm preaching, not you. I know the scripture. All right. Oh, what are you going to do, John, when a thought comes into your mind that's wrong? If you can't do anything else, call on the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. All right. Name of Jesus. 
Miss Nicole, this is what you're preaching on next week. No, I'm just joking. Brother Rick Burks, our Dayton campus. I know you got to say something, brother, from another mother. Oh, he even wrote it down. What? He's going to, when a bad thought comes into his mind, that moment, he is going to submit himself, therefore, to God. He's going to resist that thought, the devil, and then he will flee from his mind. James 4, 7. Amen. Yes. Awesome. That's some good stuff, guys. Pastor Dosek has done a great job over the last 40 years. Yes, he has. Good. Now, I'm going to give you one that you didn't even think about. <laughs> like, what? I thought of all of them. <laughs> you did? Well, I had more time to think than you did about this. What a bad thought in the moment comes to you that could be about yourself, about a situation, about someone else. Don't resist the thought per se. Okay? I'm going somewhere with this. Okay? Number one, if it's a bad thought, a negative thought, a lustful thought, a mean-spirited thought... Is it your thought? Why isn't it your thought? Because you don't think like that. Why else? Because what? Uh, because you belong to Christ. Right. So you have the mind of Christ. You're a new creation. Old things are passed away. I don't think like that no more. Right? So if a bad thought comes into your mind, it's not your thought. I don't care where it comes from. So realistically, me, I wouldn't resist the thought because, again, if it's bad, it's not your thought. And you know what? I did hear a preacher say this. If a bad thought comes into your mind, repent right away. I said, hold up, dude. I, I just said that to myself. It was on, yeah. It's not my thought. Why am I repenting for something that's not mine? I'm not repenting for that thought, bro. You messed up. Now, if I act on that thought, bam, now I better repent. You know, and everybody loves to use the only one that everybody knows, you know, just to look at a woman and say, man, you know what, she's a nice looking woman. That's not a bad thought. But then to lust after her, to want her, to wish maybe that she replaced your wife, well, that's called sin. And the Bible says, now you've done wrong. Now you've sinned. Now you better repent and get rid of that thought right away. Amen? So, resisting the thought, eh, it's okay. You can do that, but here's what I say. Replace the thought. Replace it. You can resist it, but sometimes that isn't good enough. You need to replace it. We have a new standard black poodle. Some of you know that. Some of you volunteers know that. But because Ebony, our, our other poodle, she had a second stroke and we had to put her down. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. So we got a new poodle. Her name is Midnight. She's, again, standard black poodle. We nicknamed her Nightmare right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. And uh, so she's a different kind of poodle, so different than Ebony, because she is like a panther, like a cat. I don't get it. She sees a toy and she focuses on that toy. And I mean, she's 
She's focused on it. She's thinking about it. She goes back up on her hind legs and then goes forward and goes, bam, and pounces like a cat. And then just, just grabs it. I'm like, what was that? that do, are you a dog or are you a cat? And, that's, and then you, you, when you throw a toy out in the yard, she runs and she hops like a kangaroo twice and pounces on it. Just the weirdest thing ever. I just don't understand. It's really funny. It's cute, actually. It's really cute. So at times, when she's focused, when she has the thought that I am going after that right there, roll it out there, she'll look at me, and she'll look at that thing. And now I can see her. She's getting ready to go back on her back legs. And as she goes up forward to jump, I throw something else over here. And she goes, whoo, whoo. I've replaced her thought with something else. She's no longer focused on that little bunny rabbit any longer. She's focused on whatever I threw over here, and then she'll go after that instead. So replace the bad thought with a good thought. Replace it. Replace it. Um, and here's the thing. If you say, well, it, it, it's going to be easy to replace it. I, I've done it before. Um, I, I can do that. Well, you know what? I got another illustration for you, and that's right here. I want you to focus on this amazing orange cup. Focus on it. Where's my camera? I hope it's bright color. Focus on this amazing orange cup. Oh my gosh, it looks like orange juice. It looks like a big thing of orange and you want to peel it and just eat it. Orange, this orange cup. Everybody say orange cup. Orange cup. This orange cup is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, stop thinking about the amazing orange cup. I'm reading some of your thoughts. They're still orange. Well, I thought you could just, you know, I thought you'd just, you know, not think about it anymore. Uh, resist it. Uh, what's going on? Why can't you get the orange cup out of your mind? Oh, is it because it, it's still in front of me? Okay. Stop thinking about the orange cup. The orange cup. Stop thinking about the orange cup. You know what? You're still thinking about it. I can see and read your mind. But now, start thinking about the green cup. The green cup. Man, that's as green as grass. Oh, and we got to cut it today, kids, if my kids are listening. Oh, yes, the green cup. Wow, it's just beautiful. And all this wonderful green is going to go away in about two months. But the green, oh, the green. Focus on the green. The green. Yes, the green. Where did the orange thought go? It's gone. Because I've replaced it. It was there, but now it's not. I replaced it. And that's what we have to do when the devil comes at us with a bad thought, a wrong thought. We replace it with a good thought. And then that thought will go away. You understand? Are you getting me? Are you feeling me today? I know it's simple. But it works. It absolutely works. Okay. How many of you, when you start looking for a certain type of car, all of a sudden you see that car everywhere you go? Everywhere. Oh, they, oh, they, 
You know, listen, the car was always there. You just weren't focused on it. It didn't just suddenly appear. Wow. <laughs> they just released a hundred of these cars. No, it was always there. We just weren't focused on that type of car. And I think the same goes when, when we talk about food and the, concept, and the concept of eating. You know, when I have a big plate of something in front of me and, and I'm full and I push the plate back, but yet we're still in conversation for maybe another 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, I'm still dipping, you know. I'm not hungry anymore, but I'm still dipping. I'm still grabbing something else off that corner or whatever. It's still in front of me. I'm still thinking about it. But when it goes away, yo, waiter, take this thing away from me. And when you take it away, temptation leaves. It's gone. You're no longer thinking about it any longer. Replace the thought. Say, replace the thought. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm hoping you're seeing that in your mind as well. Exchange the thought with another thought. That is what we can do. So that's number one, along with all the wonderful ideas that you have given me here. Number two, in the moment when a bad thought comes, you should question the thought by asking another question. Come on up here, Mr. Hewitt. All right? When in the moment, when a bad thought comes, you can question the thought by asking yourself another question. Let's say that this balloon is your mind. Okay, some of yours are empty. <laughs> All right, let's fill up their mind, David. All right? You got enough in there, buddy? We're going to try. All right, he's going to try to fill his mind up. But the problem with what he's filling up are nothing but the devil's thoughts. What the devil thinks about you. Every time you look in the mirror, he says something bad about you. These, this is your mind. And I know a lot of you feel like that your mind is like this. It's ready to explode. I don't know, in all seriousness, I don't know how I'm going to make it another day, how I'm going to get out of bed, what I'm going to do, because the horrendous thoughts that are in my mind are just, they're overwhelming, and I want to explode. I can't even brush my teeth. I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's a real thing. And some of you might be in that spot right now with everything that's going on. You are just ready to explode because of all the negativity that's happening in your mind. But remember what I said. When a bad thought comes, and let's just use the most simplest one of all. God doesn't love you. It, it's a good one. God doesn't love you. That thought is the last thought, and you're ready to explode. Take that thought and ask it another question. Ask it another question. And this is what I would do, and these are the, some of the things that I wrote down. God doesn't love me because of all that you have done. Instead of taking that in and pondering on it, yes, number one, replace it. Yes, cast it down. Yes, do all these other things. But ask it another question. Ask the thought another question. One of the questions I would ask it is, does it line up with God's word? Does that thought that just came in, is that really God saying that he doesn't love me? Does it line up with God's word? No, because he said that he sent his son to die for my sins. 
He loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. That's the truth. So I'm not going to believe that lie. So then just what happens? Uh-oh. Oh, I see some air is left. Oh, there might be a little bit of space in there in your mind. Okay. You can ask it another question. Is the thought something that God would say? Would God say, I don't love you because of who you are, because of the color of your skin, because of the side of the tracks you came on, because of what you did yesterday, you foul person you? No. When we repent and ask him to forgive us, he forgets about everything we've done. And it says he loves us unconditionally. So when you replace that question and ask it another question, you get the answer. That's not God's thought, and something happens. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Another question. Will the thought get me where I want to go? Okay, well, if God doesn't love me because of who I am and what I've done, I'm going to go nowhere. Why am I even here? So it can't be God's thought. Oh, that's not your thought, God. That's the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name, and something happens. Could I share these thoughts? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can share these thoughts. We are here to help each other, right? Iron sharpens iron. You know, I called Pastor Rick last night. I had a question. He helped me with the answer. You know, Pastor Rick, listen, I just had this thought that came in my mind that God doesn't love me. Could that really, could he really go back on his word? And he's going to say, absolutely not. No, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Randy, there's no way. Let me pray for you right now, and let's cast that thought out, and then something happens. Will these thoughts help me? Or hurt me? That thought's going to hurt you. Will they build me up or tear me down? It's going to tear us down. So therefore, it's not God's thought. And when you get that revelation, something happens. And then here's the other thing. Is there evidence to support the thought? Hmm. God, you don't love me because I was an alcoholic. You didn't love me because I cheated on my wife. You don't love me because, just because. Hmm. Well, the Bible says that's not true. The Bible says this. God's word says this. So there's no evidence to support that. Even with the accuser of the brethren. And guys, he will accuse without evidence. He doesn't care. He's a liar and the father of lies. There's no truth in him. So devil, get thee behind me. And something happens. Look at that. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? Come on. Somebody give Jesus a hand. Thank you, Brother Dave. Yes. Do I feel guilty with those kind of thoughts? Well, if you do, then it ain't God. It's not God. That's another way to combat the thoughts in your head that are driving you crazy that aren't true. Another interesting, amazing way to do it. All right, hallelujah. If you give in to the negative thoughts about yourself 
or others, and you don't come against them, they will soon become a part of your belief system. And that won't be good for you. You will really, you will really believe you're never going to get that job. You'll really believe that God doesn't love you. You'll really believe that God's never going to bring that wife or husband to you. That, that God's never going to bring you the friend that you need to help you through life. You'll really start to believe those things. And uh, I have the story here. There's a story about a man who did just what we're talking about. I never heard of him until I looked him up. His name is James Gills. Anybody heard the name James Gills in here? Wow. Okay. He's a born-again Christian, and he's an ophthalmologist. Um, and years ago, he fixed Billy Graham's eyes um, when, with his cataracts that he had. But he's the owner of Iron Man. And he has won six double Iron Man triathlons. Six. So all you runners and bicyclists and swimmers in here, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's won six double <laughs> Ironman triathlons. Now, if, I, if I'm correct, that's fine. If I'm not correct, there's a swimmer over here that's going to kill me, okay? But uh, that's 4.8 miles of swimming, I think. Am I right? Something like that? Something like that? All right. It's 224 miles of bike riding. That's 52 miles of running. And he's won six of those things. That's crazy. So he went ahead and bought the Iron Man franchise as well. I'd let him have it too. <laughs> Come on. He used to run 12 miles to work every day to clear his mind for the day. So you know what? If you've got some stress in your life and your job's stressful, eh, run to work. You know what? It's going to clear your mind. It clears his mind. He's 88 years old today, so who knows what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. But he's built 2,700 churches in other countries. He's authored 27 books and printed 40,000 books a month and sends them to prisons around the world. Unbelievable, this guy. Just fantastic. He was asked one day how he deals with the mental battles that he must have in his mind, and his answer was just as simple as the answers and that we give you today. He said, I learned to talk to myself rather than listen to myself. I shouted when I heard that. Ask that yourself a question with another question. Talk to yourself. Talk to your human body. Tell it what to do. Don't let it control you. Amen? That was such a great statement. Such a great statement. So question every thought that comes into your mind. I'm going to have to hurry. I'm going to do one last point. The last point, the third point, would be talk to yourself out loud by using God's word against your negative thoughts that are talking to you all the time anyway. Your negative thoughts are talking to you all the time, telling you what you aren't, what you can't do, who you're not going to be. So talk out loud by using God's word to yourself. And John 8, 31 and 32 says... To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. How many of you are a disciple in here today? Do you hold to his teachings? All right. Some of you aren't. I don't see your hand. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set your mind free. 
If you're a disciple, you know the truth. And when you speak that truth over your mind, it will set you free. Everything Jesus taught was truth, and that truth will set you free. No question about it. God's word is truth. For every lie the devil tells you in your mind, there is a truth that will contradict that lie. It's in there. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active. It's zoe. It's life. It's alive. When you read it, when you use it on your behalf, it will help you. <clears throat> if you are the son of God, remember this too, in Matthew 4, 3 and 4, Jesus was tempted. He was tempted three times. All right? But in, let me go back to Hebrews 4, 12. Let me finish that though. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, the joints and marrow. I sent that to pastor yesterday morning when I read that. Pastor, that word is affecting your marrow. It's affecting your joints. It's bringing healing to your body, healing to your blood cells. In Jesus' name, I sent that to him. That's helping one another. When I see something, I bring it up and I help him with that. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So when we remember Jesus was tempted in Matthew, the fourth chapter, he was tempted three different times by Satan. In Matthew 4, 3 and 4, it says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written. So he spoke back. He didn't just ponder the thought. He spoke back using God's word, which was sharper and is sharper than any two-edged sword. Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out from the mouth of God. The devil came to Jesus and appealed to his flesh. He appeals to our flesh all the time. No different. At his weakest time, when the Bible said he was hungry. I don't know if you've ever fasted 40 days or not. I have not. Mine's three. And, I, and, and at the end of that third night, Nicole and I were making a turkey dinner. And we ate it at midnight. We were so hungry. Yeah, it was what? We, oh, we did five days. Oh, I thought I only did three. I did five days. I did five days. Woo! And we were so hungry, we cooked an entire turkey dinner that night, and we ate it when we were done. I can't imagine fasting for 40 days. And the Bible said he was hungry. And so the devil appealed to his flesh and said, you see these stones? Turn them into bread. Right now, I dare you. Turn them into Texas Roadhouse Rolls now. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. You know those Fazoli's breadsticks. They're looking good right now. Do it. But Jesus didn't do it no matter how hungry he was. He what? He deflected and spoke the word to him. And then the devil left him alone. Went to the next one here, Matthew 4, 5, and 7. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written. So see, the devil knows scripture. The devil goes to church. He knows. It's been around a lot longer than you and I have. It is also written, Satan. It is also written, Satan. So if he comes at you with scripture, just 
Bring scripture right back to him. It is also written, Satan, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Satan came to him this time with an emo- on an emotional level. Well, pff, if God really loves you, he'll protect you. And he does the same to us. And then Matthew 4, 8, and 10, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will just bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him finally, away with me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. And that's the only statement I didn't like because usually when I throw a thought off, it it feels like angels don't come and attend to me. Anybody else have that feeling? I'm going to start, I'm going to start quoting everything. You know, Jesus, listen, we're brothers, all right? I mean, we, we, we like this, you know, we're joint heirs. Angels, I'm ready. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he tempted him there with power and control, and he does the same with you and I. We believe the devil physically came and tempted Jesus just like he did Eve as the serpent. But Jesus still had to think about every temptation the devil brought to him. I can't imagine how amazing those temptations were. How many of us would have fallen at the bread? (laughs) Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. So listen, being tempted is not a sin. I think some of you got free right there. Being tempted is not a sin. Why am I... Why are these thoughts coming to me? What have I done? Who am I? How bad can I be? Nah, not at all. Not at all. God is no respecter of persons and neither is the devil. A thought, having a thought is not a sin. If that was so, Jesus wouldn't have said that he'd never sinned. Right? Absolutely. So being tempted is not a sin. Is there something wrong with me? No. Jesus was tempted in every way and there was nothing wrong with him. Just writing these thoughts down. There were times, as we just read, where Satan came to Jesus physically. And there were times when he came to his thoughts. But either way, he defeated Satan the same way. Through the powerful word of God, which is more powerful than any two-edged sword. And if Jesus handled Satan that way, then that's the way you and I have to handle him when he comes to our minds. No other way. That's it. No singing him out. You know... It ain't going to work. We, I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about it. You're thinking about it. It doesn't work. Tried it with the orange. I'm not thinking about the green. I'm not thinking about the green. You're thinking about the green. You're not going to do that. You got to use the word. Amen? So I close with this. When the thoughts come in and we must respond with God's word, we must resist with the help of the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's here. All right? He helps us every single day. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's 1 John 4, 4. That's the Holy Spirit. He's in us. He's here to help us in every area. We will never be able to outthink the devil. He's been around here a lot longer than you and I. But our confession will cause him to leave 
just as he left Jesus. Amen? I have so many more notes, and I really would love to, to go with them. But again, in the moment when a thought comes to you, don't resist the thought, replace it. Question the thought by asking yourself another question. And talk to yourself out loud by using God's word against your negative thoughts. Amen? Everybody stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a hand. That's it. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, it's truth. It is truth. Hallelujah. 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 And as I close today, if you have negative thoughts that are just outrageous and you feel like that balloon all pumped up and you don't know what to do, I think we've given you some, given you some ideas here, but we're going to pray for you right now. So if you have negative thoughts that are coming in, I believe that you receive revelation today from his word. The Holy Spirit talked to you. But I want you to lay your hands on your mind, on your head, on your brain right now. And we're going to pray. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Is, is, is that is Adam here today? Hallelujah. I just had a thought. That's the calling. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now. And God, we take authority over these thoughts that are intruding in our minds in the name of Jesus. The name above every thought. The name above every accusation. We curse those thoughts and we tell the devil to leave our minds right now in Jesus' name. Go. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, right now that their minds are free. Just as he left Jesus, he has left us this instant. I thank you that our minds are free right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that it, our minds are deflating right now and peace is coming into our hearts and our minds, God. Oh, I thank you for it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for enveloping all of our minds, all of our bodies, right now in Jesus' name. And they are free, free from these thoughts, these negative thoughts, these discouraging thoughts. They're gone in Jesus' name. They have no power from this point on in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. They're powerless, empty, smokescreen thoughts that are gone in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that just as the devil came back, he will try to come back. But God, these negative thoughts from this point on, they will have no power. They will be a deflated thought. And God, we have the arsenal with us to come against those thoughts. And God, I thank you that we are set free and will be free from this point on and we know how to deal with that thought when it comes again. God, I thank you for it. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for this congregation right now. I thank you that if anyone is here today that does not know you, that God, that you would convict their hearts. You've already been convicting their hearts if that's so. Hallelujah. And if you're here today 
and you don't know Jesus and you want him as your personal savior, just say yes. Just say yes. If you're here, just say yes. If you don't want him, just say no. No, don't do that. Hallelujah. He loves you. He cares for you. You can trust him. We trust you, Jesus. We thank you for convicting our hearts today. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ. And peace is now enveloping our minds as we trust in you. And we use the sword of the Spirit, hallelujah, against those thoughts. Bless our people today. Bless Pastor today. Pastor Phyllis today. I thank you, Lord God, that his thoughts are above. I thank you that his thoughts are on you. I thank you that he uses the, the word, the sword of the Spirit, the Bible against negative thoughts that are trying to attack him as well. Oh, I thank you that he's healed, set free, and delivered. I thank you for the faith of this congregation rising up, God, to a new level. Father, for the healing for him and then for the healing of ourselves and our minds today. Thank you we are free. Thank you for blessing our homes, blessing our workplaces, blessing our kids as they go back to school. Lord God, I thank you they're with them. Hallelujah, they have an arsenal as well. The blood has covered them. God, I thank you for protecting them and protecting their minds from wicked teachers and wicked statements and bad thoughts and wrong thoughts and worldly thoughts. Hallelujah, I thank you for building that wall. Hallelujah, for our kids' lives and our kids' minds. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you that they will come to us with questions. God, we will be able to help them and lead them down that right path. God, I thank you for blessings, blessings, blessings to overtake us this week. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. We love you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night. God bless.